0: away we go on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson with you, coming to you from our studios in beautiful Bytown, Canada. I am really excited for this one. This is going to be a good one. Our buddy Tim McAuliffe from Sportsnet rejoins the podcast for the first time in that's yeah, been it's well over a year anyway, I think. it's uh, It's been a minute, so we're going to talk to uh, to Tim here in a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the show today. Appreciate you joining me as always. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. Make sure you're following along on social media at Can Audio. Uh, some good stuff going on around the pod right now I want to remind everybody about. It. I want to put it in your radar in case you've missed it just before we get to uh, to Uncle Timmy. Um, Lever Sage was back in here on Monday. That was episode 1161. Covered all kinds of ground with him on Jake Sanderson, the Ottawa Senators, uh, the NFL season kicking off. What's going on with the Blue Jays? Are they going to find a way to squeak into the playoffs as We sit here right now. They have not looked particularly impressive against uh, the Texas Rangers. Got into all of that with him. Uh, And on the most recent show, episode 1162, our buddy Andy Nita and uh, Ottawa radio personality Dave Schellenberg were in here talking a little craft beer. Uh, those were a lot of fun. Don't forget, though, coming up, Dan Schulman still to come on the podcast. Scott MacArthur still to come on the podcast. Uh, Vanessa Sanchez, we're going to get back in here in person. She was good enough to join us there late in the summer, uh, but we had to do that one remotely. We're going to get back in studio with Vanessa as well coming up. All of this still to come on TCA. It's going to be so much fun. I hope you'll stick around for that. It's honestly a great time of year to be doing this. I love doing this show this time of year. The NFL is up and running. The NBA will be firing up very shortly. The NHL training camps are about to open. Like, there is never a shortage of stuff to talk about uh, this time of year. And you sort of have that energy, right? You're back from from those summer holidays, and it's so hot, and there's not really a lot going on. And it's it's sometimes it's a bit of a drag to do the show over the summer. Not right now. This is the most fun time of year to be doing it. And you know how it is. Maybe April as well. Uh, playoffs going on and a bunch of sports, baseball firing up, all that sort. But but these are the times you love to do a show like this. This is also the time when you start to see some of these breweries start to maybe move away from some of their you know juicy tropical IPAs and back into some some darker beers, some ambers, some brown ales, some uh, marzins, some stouts. God, you love a good stout, right? It's a great time of year to do this show. I'm so happy you guys are here. We've built up a nice little audience over the summer. People who have joined those of you who've been here for a long time. Uh, the audience continues to grow, and I thank you all for it. Uh, and I do want to remind everybody, Rob is away for one more Sunday. He's got a family commitment here coming up this weekend. So Steve Bunda will sit in the co-host seat on uh, on the Monday morning show. He'll come in late on Sunday. Uh, you know, he, we got to give him a little time to make sure the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game is over. I don't want to interrupt that. It's still too early in the NFL season to get some of our regular co-hosts in here. They are not willing to miss games yet. So uh, we'll wait for the Buccaneers game to wrap up. Steve Bunda will come in studio and he'll be the co-host on uh, on your Monday morning show next week. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. And just before we get to Tim... It is that time of year ago. I mentioned Andy Nita, the Nita Beer Company, just a second ago. They are having their second annual Nita Beer Oktoberfest. Saturday, September 23rd over at the brewery. Tons of details at NitaBeer.com. That's where you'll go to get your tickets. The link for that will be in the show notes as well if you want to check it out there, either at TallCanAudio.com or in whatever app you're listening to us on right now. But it's got everything you want, right? It's got the music, it's got the sausage and the schnitzel, it's got the beer, a couple of beers included in your ticket price. There's a Steinhold contest, there's a keg throwing contest. This is a lot of fun, it's going to be a great party uh, at the brewery on September 23rd. You can get all the details at needabeer.com or just check out those links in the show notes. With all the preamble out of the way, all of that behind us, let's bring him in from Sportsnet, our buddy Tim McAuliffe is back. How's it going, Uncle Timmy?
1: nothing uh everything's good everything's good uh i can't complain if i did nobody would listen because everyone's too busy these days
0: well you know where we like to start here i know it's not only sort of a you know of a of an interest for you but i was just telling the good listener about uh, an Octo- yeah. upcoming october event here at one of our uh, uh brewer who's a friend hooks us up now and then i'm curious though over the summer do you find anything really good to sip on anything new that you discovered or tripped over in the toronto area there
1: I went old school in my uh, in my summer sipping, to be honest with you, Maddie. I went I, I'm I'm kinda settling in I don't know if this is quote or unquote. I don't know if you remember even the commercial, my Carlsberg years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm settling into my uh, for those who don't know, my late forties and I feel like I'm just an easy drinking, soft kinda lagger guy. Okay. Like yeah. You know, like sitting in the backyard, having it, don't want anything too heavy. I've always had the bad boiler, which makes it uh, (laughs) tough to get the heavy beers going. Uh, My wife has gone gluten free, um, and I start eating her gluten free stuff, and now when I eat all of that, you know, all those hops, all that barley, sometimes it can feel a little heavy. So I kind of, I'm going to be honest with you, and this may be soft to some of your many many listeners, (laughs) uh, I've settled into my easy drinking lagers. I'm kind of like you know old school my Peronis, my modelos my uh, most of them are you know pretty well known whatever i can get at the lcbo mm-hmm. or beer store so if anyone honestly and i'm saying this with all with with every piece of sincerity if you like one of those that i don't know hit me up tim underscore McAuliffe on twitter i would love to hear some suggestions that could add to the mix where uh this dude just wants to get one or two in them uh and lighten the mood a little bit uh, with an easy drink and lager because I feel like I'm stuck in my, I'm stuck in my uh, in my 40s into the old school uh the known commodities.
0: Well you've uh, you just before we started the show here you talked about sometimes a leading question or allowing a guest to take you somewhere. You've set me up quite yeah. nicely here as uh, a guy you know quite well, the other bald guy with the big deep voice over at SportsNet. Dan Shulman's coming up here in the uh, in the next week or two on the podcast and he's involved. Nice with uh, a beer over at Deep Left Field, and uh, they're based there in Toronto. They make a lot of really nice stuff, and they have one, all their stuff, baseball-themed, and this one is just called the Ice Cold Beer, and it is exactly what you're talking about. You're sitting at the ballpark. It's hot as hell. Just want something cold that I can put away. Uh, Their Ice Cold Beer, uh, if you haven't tried that one, I'll put that on your radar.
1: You know what's funny is I've heard a lot about those guys and what they're doing over there and how many people really like what they're doing over there, and I've never tried it and i'm such a like i'm all about all canadian stuff and supporting locally and what did i what did i throw out there peroni and Medella? <laughs> like come on caliph? Well, I, I will get to uh, left brewery i will uh, i'll give it a shot and uh, and see if we can uh, we can find this ice cold beer right it's
0: all it's called just the ice cold beer it's supposed to be you know the guy walking up and down the steps ice cold beer yeah, Right, like that i got super. you yeah i'm uh I'm that
1: guy to my friends every once in a while when I walk <laughs> out of the backyard. Ice cold beer. 100% Ontario ale. Cold, the- crisp, refreshing and easy drinking. I, I did I not I think I think you hit the nail on that. Yeah, head. nothing crazy bad, to
0: yeah. it. No no over hoppiness this. No, you know, really uh, heavy alcohol content there. It's just a straight up nice beer, man. It'll be they'll treat you nice. All
1: right. I'll give it a shot.
0: A uh, couple of changes in, uh, in what you've been up to lately since the last time we had you on. I'm curious, are you getting any sleep doing the uh, the late-night sports updates? As a guy in your 40s, as you've said now, has that been an adjustment? Uh, how, are you, how are you handling the new gig? Uh,
1: I'm enjoying the new gig thoroughly, save for the sleep. So you went straight to – you knew where to go on that. Uh, <laughs> having two kids, grade 6 and grade 8 now, uh, and my wife's a teacher. so she's out the door early. Uh, so I got to kind of, you know, shepherd the kids out, get them some food and shepherd them out. I'm, I'm in a, uh, an interesting spot in my life. It's a lot less work than it was on Tim and friends. So I have a little more free time, mm-hmm. uh, to drink ice cold beers, <laughs> uh, and, or enjoy time with the family and, or chauffeur for uh, the kids, to the sports there and you stuff go. like that. So I'm, I'm doing all those things, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I was a kid. I was like, and it's probably not good for you now that we know all these things about how important sleep is for you and all that stuff. But I was like, I've been a night, I worked in high school several night shifts and I just settled into that life. And I thought it would be super easy to move to the night shift once again because basically if you work in sports to start, you're doing nights and weekends. Sure. That's that's when sports happen. Yeah. And so I thought it would be, I thought it would be simple uh, to slide in, but waking up at seven in the morning after getting home, like last night, I was uh, I was uh, brushing the teeth at around three thirty three a.m. Oh my god! And I remember because I made the wish that I get good sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's it's an adjustment. Um, I don't know how how long it'll last, but I am enjoying like the actual work. Um, you know, watching all the games and doing the highlights. That's kind of how I started in the business, and I,
0: I do really enjoy it. I was going to ask you, like, it, it, does it take you back in a ways, make maybe make you feel a little young to compensate for that old feeling on the other end of your sleep? <laughs> that you know, you used to be doing this stuff all the time at the score. You used to have a lot of fun with that before moving into the the radio show, and then of course Tim and Sid, Tim and Friends. Like, what has like, do you enjoy it? Is it yeah. is it making you nostalgic for those early days of Tim McAuliffe's career?
1: You no, know, you know what? I've always just loved the games. Like, I always even looked at like I'll steal it from Dan Patrick because that's the way I thought about it. Like he, his, his line on a show is we're just filling time between games. Right. right? And, yeah, okay. and honestly, the way I looked at, uh, Tim and Sid slash Tim and friends slash whatever else I did in between those gigs was just filling time between games. Like um, the games are why we all kind of sort of enjoy sports. And so now I'm kind of back in that mode. The only, the only thing that's tough is like, I had a Rolodex of lines that I used uh, probably now, like, I'm just trying to figure out the last time. I don't really count years and stuff like that. I just live my life. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, but, like, 15 years ago it was probably the last time that I was doing highlights on the regular. And, like, some of those old lines that were in, like, just shuffled into that brain pop into my head. And I have to, like, suppress them because they're now, like... 20-year-old references, right? right. <laughs> like, like, one of my home run lines that I always pops into my head is like, you know, Boba Fett shows up with my favorite Muppet, that being Gonzo. And then I'm just like, none of my kids know who the bleep Gonzo is.
0: What a Muppet is. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. or a Muppet <laughs> is, yeah. Like, what the hell is even a Muppet, right? And that was an old dated reference when I was using it. So, like, there's a bunch of things like hip-hop lyrics pop into my head that I used to throw out there song lyrics like i always rip kenny reed um (laughs) who will constantly make 80s and 90s references and i'm just like kenny man that's 30 and 40 year old references that you're making some of us just
0: had a 40th birthday and appreciate that somebody's still speaking to us in the world
1: (laughs) i get it i understand it and and i feel like that's what podcasts are for or sprinkle them in here or there so those who like them like them a lot as we get back to the beer references yes. here. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. But like, you know, uh, every once in a while I'm like, okay, 30 minute show. I can't have more than three 30 year old references.
0: Okay. So you got to pace yourself here. You can't spend yeah, them all in the first pack. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Uh,
0: what do you think? Like, is this, you know, just quickly before I, I got a couple of things I want to ask you about here in the actual sports realm, but like, yep. where do you fall in you know, best month of sports in the because to me this feels like it. There's excitement yeah. as as the baseball playoff races are right there. You, you're anticipating hockey and basketball starting. The NFL is starting. It's kind of this September October. A lot of people will tell you, you know, the April thing with baseball yeah. play. Uh, Madness, yeah, everything downstairs. firing back up. It's a great time yeah. too. we if you had to just pick one, what are you taking? Oof.
1: I I, uh, I grew up a football guy, so I'm, I'm going to have to go here. Like, right. Gray Cup, Vanier Cup, NFL, you have the joys of... Th- the one thing that I will say, and, and maybe this would lead us down a road that we don't want to go, but <laughs> like the regular seasons in the NHL and NBA have become... I mean, in Ottawa, there's some excitement because you're ready to take that next step with that team, yep. but like... There's a lot of luster that's been lost in the regular season of professional professional sports, and I think that's why the NBA is doing that in season tournament because they recognize that their you know their regular season is starting to lose a lot of what they already do. The play in game now they're doing the in season tournament. Like I wonder how much longer we will say that the best sporting time of the year is September October because. To be honest with you, I don't start getting excited about. It. I, I love that hockey returns. You know, I sure. love the basketball returns, and you start doing pools and stuff like that. The NFL gets in like the NFL hits the ground running. That's the beauty of the NFL. All all seventeen games. I was going to say sixteen, but now we play seventeen sure. games. Um, they mean something, right? Like every single one of those games can mean something, even to great teams. And that's just not the case in, in basketball and hockey. And so I, I agree with you. I'm a football guy. I think this is the best time of year. But I don't know how much longer we're going to be saying that. NHL and NBA got to do more to get our attention.
0: It's, it's a great point you make because I'm a Leaf guy here in Ottawa. So I'm staring down right. six months of, well, so let's see it in the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's fair. And so there is a mm-hmm. certain amount of like, uh, as you said a few minutes same ago. Same in Edmonton. Yeah. And I, I enjoy the games. This is why yeah. I do it. But at the same time, I do Agree with the skeptics, all saying that it's yeah, nothing matters until April May, and yeah, it's true. That's when this group's going to be able to prove something. But I still enjoy watching the games, all that stuff. I'm only casually an NFL guy, but that first week, I'm just like everybody else, where it's (laughs) the NFL fires up and it just takes over the world. Like I I have uh, this couldn't have been timed any worse. Uh, My co-host and I, we always do kind of a our news show kind of sunday afternoon and it drops monday morning and then we have a guest kind of midweek so yep th- he is away last weekend and this weekend do you think i can find a sports fan in my life who wants to come in and co-host on sunday afternoon with me when the <laughs> nfl is in week one and two it is a ghost town around here <laughs> yeah it
1: yeah. just takes I, over the I world hear, i hear you i feel yeah it's a machine and they do like I don't know that anyone does it better. I mean, in in those college sports towns in the United States, they do it pretty damn well, too. Yes. Um, But the NFL is just this machine that grabs you and pulls you and brings you into it, even if you're not like a part of it. Even like Super Bowl, how many non sports fans watch the Super Bowl? They just, they know how to do it and they lure you in. Yep. And the gambling and the fantasy and the, and the kind of sort of uh, hug that they gave that a long time ago, sure. even though it was <laughs> Uh, they have definitely built something that nothing else can replicate in North America.
0: Yeah, my mom watches two football games a year. It's the Grey Cup and the Super Bowl, and she has no idea who's playing in either one until she sits down to watch it. So, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's the test.
0: That's it. So, um, look, I, I want to ask you a little bit about what we just saw over at the FIBA World Cup for, uh, for the Canadian program. And, uh, you right. know, I- I'm sort of... Again, a casual NBA fan. I'll sit and watch the Raptors if it's a big uh, game. I'll watch you know, the the playoffs if there's a series I'm interested in, those kinds of things. But for whatever reason, even before this year, I found myself really wanting to get behind the national team. And they would always smash <laughs> me in the face over it at the end, like find a way to make <laughs> me wonder why I just spent part of my summer watching this happen again and again and again. And this year... You know, we started to see there was going to be more names on the team, more of the NBA guys had, had committed together. You know, maybe before we get into the tournament specifically, where do you think we are as a basketball nation? Do, are there a lot of people like me who could sort of take or leave the NBA, but when someone slaps on that, that Maple Leaf, I'm going to watch and support them? Or is it the other way around? People kind of ignore the national team for the most part because it has been so disappointing, but when the Raptors fire back up, they'll be there.
1: It, it is an anomaly. It is the outlier in all of sports. And I'm going to be honest with you, this has been a passion of mine for a long time because I haven't been able to figure it out, Matt. Like every time we wrap something in the Maple Leaf, people get behind it, right? Yeah. Like I don't care if it's women's sports. I don't care if it's curling. I don't care if it's, um, you know, a run from the volleyball team in an Olympics where people will not go out and watch volleyball on a regular basis. There's not even any pro leagues in North America but you wrap it in a Maple Leaf or in the United States, red, white, and blue, and people will get behind it nonstop. And in Canada, 7 million people watched the Raptors take in an NBA championship in 2019. 7 million people watched on TV as they captured the Larry O'Brien. If you put a national team game on TV, which Sportsnet has done numerous times, Unless you're at an Olympics, which we haven't been on the men's side in a long time, you're not getting 100,000 people to watch. Like There are, dare I say, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million people who call themselves basketball fans, who for whatever reason, and there have been numerous, they haven't been good, they haven't gotten the players out there, uh, the players that they got out there were going half-assed because they didn't believe in the program. Whatever reason, um, those people won't support what's wrapped in the maple leaf, and I don't know any other sport where you could say that. Soccer, until the last little while, I think in Canada, yeah, uh, had a lot of the similar feelings, right? Where it was like, well, I'd rather watch my my motherland, the, the, you know, my, where my ancestors came from. If I'm Italian, I'd rather watch Italy than Canada because the team's way better. If I'm uh, Serbian, I'd rather watch Serbia. In Canada, because the team's way better, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, for whatever reason, that that you know, like Canada basketball had never been able to capture that. I think what we saw at the World Cup was maybe the turning of that leaf.
0: And was it as simple as the quality of the team finally getting some guys out and and them performing well, or do you think there was something else that Canada basketball has done? to get people more interested or is it just show me a winner and I'll be there? Is it that easy?
1: It might be that easy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I tell my, I tell my team all the time. uh, I guess my former team now I'm doing friends. Sometimes it is that easy, yeah. right? Like, sometimes it just... And listen, there's been a kind of a promise of a golden generation or whatever you want to call it, Canada basketball, for over a decade now, and not, none of it has come to fruition. The other thing, and I'll say, like, Michael Bartlett, who's the president of Canada basketball, um, has been on on Sportsnet a bunch. Of, I've interviewed him a bunch. And he said, like, if Canada just gets to know this team specifically, they'll really, really like them. Like, they're all... Outside of Dylan Brooks and his reputation, and man, what a flip he had in this tournament for yeah. a lot of people. Like everyone on that team is extremely likable. From Kelly, like Dwight Powell, man, if if my son grows up to be Dwight Powell, uh, I will be super proud. Like guy went to Stanford, uh, very smart kid. Just does all the little things that you need on a basketball court. I I, I know him enough to know how much charity work he does low key, not the one where he calls the, the TV station to show up when he shows up. Like just, there are a lot of real good, like from Phil scrub who, who folks in in around your area know uh, from his time at Carlton, still being on that team to, to Trey bell Haynes. Like they're just a really likable team. And I think by the end of the tournament, uh, you got to see a little bit of that. And those who were kind of jumping on the bandwagon were rewarded, one, with a bronze medal, and two, with a team that you kind of really get behind.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about uh, about SGA? Shea Gilgis-Alexander, we all knew the name yeah. in the NBA, but we don't watch him every night. And when he was yeah. playing for Canada, he watched. did he take his game to a different level, or is this just what we've been missing out on and not watching by not seeing him every night?
1: A little bit, of, a little bit of both. I want to be honest with you. Like all year long uh, on on Tim and Friends, I was talking about SGA and, and how he had taken it to another level, and how if that team scraped into the playoffs, he was going to be uh, on the MVP lo- vote list. And when I first started saying it, Matt, people were like, "Come on, pump the brakes!" <laughs> like I know you're Canadian. I know you want to support the kid from Hamilton. But pump the brakes a little bit. It plays for OKC. They just lost Chet Holmgren. And then all of a sudden you started noticing 30. 30. Thir- and <laughs> and the way he goes about is 30. Efficiently and smart. And, and and the game that not a lot of people see anymore. So this year in the NBA, there was a trajectory that uh, got him to fifth in MVP voting, which is like top five MVP voting. You are really That's good. Elite. like Yeah, you're a lead. And he took it to another level at the FIBA World Cup. And then, and I had people reach out to me because they tweeted something similar. I I, I said, um, Steve Nash in the Sydney Olympics took a huge step where you started to see elite in his game. Mm-hmm. I just saw the same thing from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And people were like, no, nah, you haven't watched enough. I'm an OKC. Like, Thunder fans were like, you're just not watching enough Thunder basketball. And... You know, I'm not gonna sit there and try and explain it on Twitter because that doesn't work that sure. I was a guy saying he's gonna get MVP votes. Like, I was on the bandwagon and he still took another step. Like, when you talk to Shulman, I'd be interested to get his take on this because the level that he went to and the times that he went to those levels was unlike many other players I have ever seen before. And I know what I'm saying when I say that. Down 10 at half, come out big third quarter. He did that at least three times. Down the stretch, when you need it the most, ice-cold free throw line, knowing that if you miss one of these free throws, it's going to be a one-possession game, he closed them out. And then that overtime, and I always go back to my dad. We're really close. He's over every morning with coffee, Um. And we always talk about sports. uh, And that's our bonding point. He's a hockey guy. You can search him on HockeyDB. He played a little, you know, St. Mike's, which is a big uh, high school slash junior program. And, yeah, he played with, like, Dave Keon and Frank Mihaljevic and all those guys there. He played a little bit. Yeah, good company (laughs) there. He played a little in the IH. So he's, like, a hockey guy. Probably baseball is his second game. Uh, All of his kids play football, so he likes football. And he came over... The, the morning after the Canada game real early in the morning against the United States. And I said, you know what? When, when Mikel Bridges hit the three in the corner after the missed free throw, I started making breakfast. Like I went into the kitchen and I started making my breakfast and I peeked out and I saw Shea Gilgis Alexander drop those two guys and hit a, a jumper. And I like, Oh my God, they're not going to fold. Like yeah. they had every." Everything in the history of the program would suggest that they were going to fold in that moment. And my dad was just reading like, you know, um, 85 years, well, maybe 70. He's 85 years old. So 75 years of taking in sports at a very high level. Like he's he's a big sports fan. He just figured they were done. And Shea Gildress Alexander grabbed him by the scruff of the throat. And, and carried them to the finish line. And mean, that's that the same kind of game,
0: right? You're down 10, you come yeah. all the way back, and then you find yep. yourself down 12. This is everything yeah. I've ever seen out of this team. They're rolling over, this is done. Like There's no way they're digging Arrest. out twice. Oh, look, they dug out twice.
1: Yeah, and how key was Shea in that? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I'm unbelievably good. And then when they get that lead, it's like, okay, how are they going to screw this up? And they're going to screw it up at the foul line. And he just sat
0: there and
1: was calm, cool like six in a row down get the it, stretch. Yeah. Yeah, get it to Shea and we're good. And they got it to Shea and we were good.
0: It's Just wild to watch. And I'm curious how it's much fun, eh? it really was like, fun. Like yeah. it, it's and and this is maybe no different than what I was saying earlier about the Leafs. Like I don't dislike basketball if there's a big game on, I watch it, but it's not usually my go to sport. And so no, is is Toronto versus you know, Sacramento on a random Thursday in February going to be right. on my. It's probably not right, but this this was big. It was it, it was intense. It was fun to watch. It was ba- I'm pacing around my living room like I rarely <laughs> am, and it's at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning or whatever it was. So right, it, it just it took me on this ride, and it, it was so much fun. And I'm curious how much better you think this team can be next year at the Olympics when you, in theory, start to add some other players to the mix? And and what is a realistic, because certainly other teams are obviously also going to add their players back into the mix, but right. uh, where do you see this program and and like what are they capable of adding and, and what could it look like in Paris next summer?
1: What I think the capabilities of this program is is top five every time. Like where you expect to be top five in the world every time. And here, here's here's the one tough part, and maybe the good part, depending on how you look at it. Everyone is going to send everyone to Paris. Unless you're uh, waiting for a $100 million contract, um, unless you have a nagging injury, um, all of the sponsors, and we've already seen it with the American team, like, don't give me this LeBron is recruiting, guys. It's a brand. Yeah. It's the Olympics. It's in Paris the shoe companies are recruiting guys and <laughs> LeBron will take it because you know that 2024 in Paris will be the LeBron going away commercial. Yeah. Like true. true. You can, you can already write it down. Like uh, I'm calling a little bit of BS on that one, but, <laughs> yeah. but every other team is way better than they ever have been before. And that goes for Serbia who did not have, um, you know, the MVP in their lineup that goes for canada who will add his teammate jamal murray like that goes for greece if they end up getting there like all of these teams are going to send everybody and it's you know the one thing we love in this country is the world juniors in part because it's such an easily uh consumable couple weeks right And it's kind of easy to understand. You play a little round robin, then it's do or die. All the games mean a ton. And and that's exactly how the Olympic tournament is going to end up here. And you're going to have everyone there. So I went a long way to say Canada's top five team in the world, period, exclamation point, whatever you want to put on the end of that. But everyone's going to send guys. And this is going to be one hell of a tournament.
0: And looking forward to it now, right? Like I, I, I kind of yeah. re-energized on my basketball here for a bit. We'll see if that does carry into uh, into the NBA season. I'm curious, I got to ask you before, uh, you know, if we go any further, you know, we talked a little bit about the NFL kickoff and of course four snaps in, the biggest story becomes uh, Aaron Rodgers, who was already the biggest story uh, coming yeah. into the season. And now for entirely other reasons, um, I can't imagine what, the Jets management is doing this week, trying to just figure out what the hell just happened to them. Uh, I just saw one tweet uh, put out by uh, Three Down Nation. And maybe maybe they're suddenly interested in a, a nice Canadian boy, United Nathan Rourke. Yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of the Jets now? And, and just what other storylines have your attention here early in the NFL season?
1: The, the the fun thing about the Jets is what they do, because you know, yesterday in the newsroom we were talking quickly about like, the Jets are used to trying to make, like New York period is trying to make big splashes, right? Like, do you go young guy Nathan Rourke or do you say Joe Flacco has been in our organization? Matt Ryan hasn't filed his uh, retirement papers with the NFL. <laughs> Hell, there's a guy named Tom Brady. Yeah, been I, I thought that's back where we before, were going right? next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, no matter how it shakes down, it's go- like I was... What I was most excited about was if I don't know if you looked at the the Jets schedule, but it was Bills Cowboys to start, which could have easily been an 0 2, even with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And then it went Patriots who look better in week one, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles into their bye. And it could have been like two and four, and we know Mr. Thinskin, Aaron Rodgers. He was the king of New York for a couple weeks there, and everything was going well. Like, if it went bad, what was going to happen? Mm-hmm. And if it went good, what was going to happen? And, yeah, four plays in, we get the absolute curveball of he's gone for the year. Right. Like, it's – it like, nothing. I, <laughs> I mean, like, you couldn't even pen. Like, if you tried to do that in a, in a movie, people wouldn't believe it. Like, four plays in. Love, peace, and hair grease. Zach Wilson is going to get a little bit of a shot here. uh, And I think they don't have a lot of faith at all in him. And I think they're going to try and bring in a veteran. I think they're going to try and make a big splash. And I think, like, if it was Joe Flacco, you might have already heard about it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they've already reached Tom Brady's management just to say, What's the will here? And imagine Tom Brady in division.
0: Unbelievable. Like, can you imagine? Right.
1: <laughs> and listen, Tom Brady spoiled us all, right? Like, I hear people saying, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's too stubborn to to lay, you know, like, he's he, there's no way this is going to be the end of him. Like, Tom Brady playing after 40, before Tom Brady, that did not exist. Right. And... Here's Aaron Rodgers and everyone's got the Jets as like Super Bowl contenders and or favorites, depending on who you talk to. And he and he rips his Achilles in game one. Like there, there's a lot of things that have
0: Well, I was helped. a big Peyton Manning guy, right? And as he was getting close yeah. to that age, he was just falling yeah. apart, right? That last Super Correct. Bowl he won in Denver was on the back of a defense and him, you know, throwing little flea flickers out all over the place. He Without a doubt, much. yeah. That's no, all no, he had left. You're yeah. bang
1: on. Yeah. yeah, you're bang on. And 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 listen, people will say, "Oh, yeah, he was he was banged up. He had some severe injuries along." The-. Yes, he did. But Eli didn't last either. No, right? Like nobody lasts. Joe Montana. Like name them. And and to to go and ask other people to be Tom Brady. I don't know how many dudes are are drinking four gallons of water a day, uh, eating avocado toast, and, <laughs> and spending millions of dollars on on personal uh, you know uh fitness and having a guru try and figure their way out of uh you know father time uh it'll be interesting I, I, i'm i'm down for it yeah and I, I don't know where it ends up but i got a feeling jet's gonna jet they're gonna <laughs> try and make a big splash
0: i was listening to someone on the radio the other day i can't even remember who it was now who said the we all should have seen this com uh, coming the football gods. We're never going to allow the Jets and Lions to be good at the same time. Like it was just a matter of time before one of those yeah. franchises hey. was getting smashed back to
1: Hey the Browns won on week one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: what is this world we're living uh, in
0: at this point? Yeah, so.
1: where are we at? Yeah.
0: Uh last thing for you then before we wrap up, I'm curious, uh, especially as someone who, you know, has the social media following that you do and, and works for the network that broadcasts the team pretty frustrated Blue Jays fan base out there right now and that's with the team being right there in a playoff race but it for large stretches it just hasn't felt like they're as good as their record says they are there's been so many moments where you look at this team and you're just it's just been so tough to watch I'm curious what do you think of the Jays as we sit here right now on uh on Wednesday afternoon they've lost the first two to Texas so you figure they're gonna want to get that going here before those guys leave town because this is a huge series. What do you think of these Jays? Are they good enough? And you know, have you been as frustrated as the rest of us watching them?
1: I've never seen a season like this where the team is consistently in uh, a playoff spot, and the and the fan base has been as frustrated as they have been. And it, some of it is baseball, and I'm not going to bore people with the ins and outs of it. Like, listen, they've had the best pitching staff mm-hmm. in baseball for most of the year. And tell me if I'm wrong, 80% of the fan base doesn't give a bleep.
0: Oh yeah. It's all about what's wrong with Vlad. And I can't Bid-hitting. believe yeah. they gave up to Oscar and, uh, and Lord score out for Varsha, who doesn't hit. And uh, yeah. no one talks about, as you said, the best pitching staff in the game.
1: You can't have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> like the run prevention provided by getting rid of Teoscar. And the piñata that is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. They were bad defensively. Mm-hmm. They replaced them with guys that were really good defensively. And lo and behold, a pitching staff that was getting absolutely shredded by the same people who are frustrated by this team this year. Um, like, Yusei Kikuchi. Been pretty good.
0: He really has, yeah.
1: Jose Barrios. yeah. Been pretty good. Like, they have the top starters ERA in Major League Baseball. They have the best um, team pitching ERA in Major League Baseball. And yet, the fan base is still pissed that Dalton Varsho can't hit. And I get it. Because that's how many times do you do this where you go to the washroom when the other team's batting, right? Yep. You usually don't go to the washroom when your team's batting because you want to see your team bat. That's the fun part of of why I get it. I get it. I get it. But what plays in the postseason are clutch hitting and pitching. And the Jays have one half of that. The half that was the most frustrating part of when they made the postseason the last couple of times. They've had the – going back to Jose Bautista, they had the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Now they have the defense. And to get it – They sacrificed a little bit of offense. Then Vladdy, who has been the most frustrating out of all of them, and I completely and utterly understand that, Mm -hmm. and Dalton Varsho and George Springer um, have all been below what you really needed them to be when you added the Ross Atkins, air quotations, run prevention to this team. You needed Bo, Vladdy, and Springer to be near all-star levels. And I think that's why you see so much frustration with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. specifically is because people are watching it and he gets up in these big spots and he is he has not been able to deliver time and time. How much money has he cost himself?
0: I was ask? just gonna like with those contracts coming up, right? Like I just, cause at some point, you know, all of last year, you're like, well, it's just sort of a down year. If he's, you know, he's the 2021 guy. Well, now we've gone 2022 right. and 2023, maybe 2021 was the aberration, right? Like you start to wonder, right. and I still have confidence that he's, you know, going to remain an elite player. Like this is a bad year for him and it won't be this bad again, but will he ever be 2021 again? Uh, or regularly, I, I don't know, and maybe that was always unfair to ask, right? That was an MVP season to ask somebody to come out and do that every year, or would have been an MVP season in a non Shohei Otani world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's it like to me, it's like the truth is usually somewhere in between, but like he still he still makes people chuckle with his skill level, right? Like he makes major league baseball players laugh at his skill level but eventually you got to bring it to the field mm-hmm. like that that 48 111 401 on base like led the league and I'm just I got the baseball reference up in front of me led the league in on base percentage slugging percentage OPS OPS plus total bases like <laughs> led the league in all of that yeah. 48 home runs like that guy does not seem anywhere near the field this year and like you know, if it's a tweak or an adjustment, you would have thought they would have been able to make it. But I will say this: like a lot of the same people ripping Vladdy, would have traded Bo last year, uh-huh. uh, halfway through the season, and he closed strong and has been their best player this year, and has people telling him, uh, I don't know if you caught the story about Simeon and Belt telling him that like he is an MVP type caliber player. So I, I'll never. Whenever you have the talent. I'll never say that you can't get there. I think Vladdy can get there, but you got to see it on the field and for the Jays you got to see it soon.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the most frustrating parts even if you do believe in this run prevention thing and is it doesn't look spectacular. It's not Varsho and Kiermaier diving all over the place. It's no. just better reads. It's just running where you should run right. and getting there and so it doesn't feel like it's spectacular, but just as you accumulate over, you know, 9 innings every day, those numbers add up, all those runs you've saved that another guy just wouldn't have quite got to. So it doesn't maybe stand out like the offense would. And I'm just curious. So, you know, you said they have the half of the two things that you need to get there. And if they get there, they might be dangerous. If your gut, are they going to get there? Yes. lad, a boy, I like it. A little optimism.
1: Yeah, I, listen, it's going to be tight. It's going to like... I mean, I might regret saying that tonight. <laughs> sure,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, or by the or by the end of this series, I might regret saying what I just said. However, uh, Texas struggles against good teams just as much as uh, last night I did the numbers on, um, I often look at, especially in baseball,, uh, your record against teams above five hundred. Mm-hmm. And the Jays actually have a losing record against teams above five hundred. And the pitching that they're facing in this series, is the pitching that they're going to see um, down the stretch and into the postseason? Because yeah. they're playing the AL East, and the AL East has all these teams that are above 500 uh, or close. If you're the New York Yankees, right? Like yep. that's you're you're finishing in the division. Um, same with the Rangers; like they don't have an easy schedule to close it out either. Um, all those teams are playing each other. Houston, they're all still within. I guess it's. I want to say one and a half games in the West. I think that's right, yeah. Like yeah, everything is going to mean something down the stretch for everybody, including the teams that the Jays are jockeying with. Um and it's you know, it's just a half game that separates the the Rangers, Mariners and Jays as you and I speak right now. Mm-hmm. And I I think the Jays are going to have enough and I'll say this, like that runners and scoring position number that was so atrocious to start <laughs> the year has turned. Yep. And they've been much better of late. So yeah, I think you top five in that. baseball
0: since August first, right? Yeah. Runners in scoring positions. Sometimes, yeah. like you said, baseball is just weird. Sometimes, right? Like-
1: oh, yeah, it is. So I mean, look at the look at the Houston Astros. They've lost two in a row as we speak to the, the worst team in baseball, yes. right? Like what that you're you're at the you just went on this ridiculous run. Like this is why baseball is so frustrating. Period. And a lot of times, because there's 162 fans of your team don't watch any other team outside of their team, and they get frustrated at things that happen all over baseball. And the Houston Astros made this ridiculous run to grab the you know the top of the division where everyone thought they should be, and now they've lost two in a row to the A's, <laughs> and it's a one and a half game spread between you know uh, first and third in the division, and 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 you know they're in some danger here.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Jays remain in danger too. But if we stay on turn as far as the pitching rotation goes, it is Kevin Gosman for Game One sixty-two. If you have to win it, that is somewhat reassuring. If you don't, you can uh, you can push him to Game One of the the Wild Card Series. But I guess that'd yeah. be the guy you'd want going. But yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a little tense down the stretch here. Uh, I appreciate you making so much time for me, Tim. It's always fun when you come on. Uh, you're also good enough last summer to send us in a little shout out up for our thousandth episode. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you as always. Uh, you always answering the call when I uh, come knocking.
1: Uh, anytime, Matty. I enjoy the conversation and uh, wish you guys nothing but the best.
0: All right, there he goes, Tim McAuliffe from Sportsnet. Uh, always a lot of fun to talk to. Appreciate him uh, him making the time for us and and really insightful. I love his takes on on the basketball thing. That was the main reason to reach out to him. Now was to talk about uh, what we just saw from a very interesting Team Canada at the FIBA World Cup. And and what is out there? What's on the horizon when you start adding Jamal Murray back into the mix, when you add an Andrew Wiggins back into the mix next summer uh, for the Olympics? And, you know, important to say, as, as Tim pointed out, everybody is adding their guys who didn't have them this summer, right? The World Cup is not the Olympics, so if guys are dealing with contracts or injuries or whatever it may be, you know, guys just sit out. You don't get quite the same, uh, level of commitment as you will for an Olympics at the Olympics. Everyone will be there. And, uh, and as he pointed out, it'll be the shoe companies as much as anybody else making sure that's the case. So their product is being seen on the Olympic stage, all of that stuff. Uh, the fun of, of business in sport, we're going to wind this one down here. Uh, as I pointed out off the top, Lever Sage was in here on, uh, on the Monday morning show. That was episode 1161 uh, had a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, Scotty Mack coming up next week. Dan Schulman coming up here in the next week or so. Uh, Steve Bunda will be back in here on the Monday show, uh, sitting in for Rob uh, here next week. So lots of great stuff to come. Look forward to catching up with Bunda as well. And uh, that's where we'll end this one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Tim McAuliffe for joining us. Make sure you're following us on social media at Tall Can Audio, And that uh, you have subscribed to the podcast, wherever you're hearing me right now, uh, we'd love it if you'd stick around. We'll keep the good stuff coming for you. Until then, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. That's it. I cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal's. Uh, Call the weekend guy. I don't care.